It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by the former special agent for the FBI, Frank Figluzzi. He's here to talk about everybody getting arrested for that whole January 6th insurrection because it seems like we should be spending more time on it. Frank, thank you so much for being here this morning. Hey, good morning, Zerlina. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad it, it, that you mentioned this year, East Coast listeners, that it's eight o'clock in the morning but you fail to mention of course what time it is here um where i am but that's okay we won't talk where are you that. where are you i'm in, oh, no. I'm are in you on the west coast i am i am yep it's an early morning but there's no oh one wow it's 5 a.m that's okay though it's all right we're talking we're going to talk about we're going to talk wow. about a lot, of, a lot of good things so let's do it well my first my first sort of question is about where we are in terms of the January 6th investigation, because while there's been a lot of headline and focus, headlines and focus on what Congress is doing in response, right, in terms of the fight over having the commission or not having the commission, right. the FBI um, has been charging real, real humans, real people, hundreds of them, in fact, um, nearly 500, I believe. So I, my first question is, as we sit here this Monday morning, what's where is the FBI in terms of um, prosecuting those who participated in the attempted insurrection on January 6th? Yeah, this is a great question, and, and it's really becoming more a subject of pressing interest as, as the threat really continues uh, and hasn't abated. Um, so there's an unknown there's an unknown you know gap here in our knowledge, and that is this, as you said. There is yeoman's work being done. We're, we're approaching 500. My sources tell me we're going to go over 500 Americans arrested for their role in disrupting democracy and, and the violence that occurred on January 6th. That's awesome. The gap in our knowledge, and it didn't get cleared up, Zerlina, when Chris Ray testified uh, before the Oversight Committee last week. He, they tried to. They tried. To, he got a lot of questions on you going after uh, like people in Congress? You going after Trump's friends for any role they may have played in in this violence on January sixth? And, and he, you know, being kind of the consummate professional, he's like, no, I'm I, I can't go there. I'm not talking about that. So there's tremendous work being done. Here's let's do good news, bad news. Good news, um, we got what we're 16 or more Oath Keepers indicted. Um, there's conspiracy charges. Awesome. Similarly, Proud Boys members conspiracy charges. Awesome. Um, we saw last week for the first time three percenters. These are these are badass people as well. And um, they're charged for the first time, a handful of them. So we're, I love the fact that they're being called out by group names. Uh, the mm-hmm. government doesn't have to do that. They can just kind of name people, but they're not. They're calling out them. They're, they're group membership. They're charging conspiracy. All good. Not so good news. We don't know right now whether or not the FBI investigation actually is seriously looking at any kind of role played by old members of Congress who allegedly might have provided schematics to the, the Capitol, knowing that violence would occur, or those in Trump's orbit, maybe Roger Stone, 
meeting with people, three percenters, proud boys, oath keepers, knowing that violence would occur. We don't know where this is going. And, and that we need the answers to that we need at least the FBI director to say, don't, you know, calm down. We've got this. But he he hasn't said that yet. Yeah, I, that that was going to be my question. Do we usually know the contours of an FBI investigation? Obviously, this one is unprecedented because we've not lived through an insurrection before. But is this is the level of opacity around this one unusual for an FBI investigation? So I, I hate to care, compare and contrast FBI directors, um, but it's it's interesting. Bob Mueller, when he was director, he kept getting criticized for being a man of few words, but. But the few words were words like yes and no, and they were very telling. So if he were on, mm-hmm. the, if he were on, so for example, if he were on the Hill, right, and he got asked the question, hey, we're scared out of our minds about August because August is the date that like 30% of Republicans think Trump's coming back to get reinstated. You guys got this? You on this? Mueller would have said, yes, we're aware of it. We got it. The answer that Ray gave to that question took about a, a minute and a half. And it, it was mostly, I need to be careful here. We don't look at, at rhetoric. We don't look at ideology. Words don't matter to us. We only look at, at violence. This is a man who understands that, that half the Congress uh, will call for his demise if he gets the answer wrong. So I don't, I don't know this. I know, I know we're not going to see a bipartisan um, commission. We need one desperately. I'm very concerned now that we're left with a political uh, uh, perception that if Pelosi handpicks a bunch of de- uh, Democrat uh, members of Congress to, to do this investigation, uh, you know, immediately half the nation will tune it out and go, nah, yeah. politics. In terms of the takeaways the- fr- from Christopher Ray's testimony, I mean, did he get any of the answers right? I understand. I mean, I think that the point that where people are being identified by group, that's helpful because of conspiracy charges or the ability of the FBI to sort of do broad a broad slate of charges or you know is he is he not forthcoming because um because of the political angle like why is he being so yeah uh well he he obfuscating (laughs) the bureau the bureau has been so burned by the perceptions of jim comey and he just doesn't want that to happen again okay we don't need you, your listeners are savvy enough to know, hey, uh, Jim Comey called a famous press conference, announced that no reasonable prosecutor would ever prosecute. We remember. Yeah, right? We, <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to Yeah, we there. do. I, 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 write about this, I write about this in the book, and then he flipped flop up a couple times after that, right? So, so the, politis, the politicizing of the FBI is at the forefront of, of Ray's mind, and he just wants to play it straight down the middle. What does my gut tell me? Indeed, yes, of course, they've got to be looking at allegations that tours were given or, or schematics were given. And, and yes, I think they're going to look hard at it. I really do. I don't know what's going to happen if all of that package goes to DOJ for prosecution mm-hmm. and Merrick Garland looks at it and goes, oh, my God, we've got some congressmen in here as subjects mm-hmm. because they, gave, they, they, they knew violence would occur or security breach would occur. And then what does he do with it? I, I, it's, in my, I have an opinion on this. There's got to be accountability for criminal conduct if it's found. That seems like a pretty reasonable stand to make here. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how, how we avoid this happening again, whether it's in August or the next time um, Republicans take the White House. I don't know how we make sure that this doesn't happen again unless we have 
a full accountability for the last one, and that includes members of Congress who helped to incite it. Well, you, are you know, concerned I, that this can happen again in this country? Yeah, not only am I concerned about it, I have I voiced this on the air on MSNBC twice last week, and and here's why: it was connected to Chris Ray's testimony, because you know what I kept hearing was. Uh, we've redoubled our efforts. We've put more agents than ever before on domestic terrorism. We're looking anew at techniques and strategies. Uh, okay, that's great. But until we see the rules change for investigators and domestic terrorism, and I, kept, I, didn't, I didn't hear that, right? The rules have not changed. Mm-hmm. I've been watching this closely. We still don't have, by the way, a domestic terrorism law. Most Americans don't even understand that it's not against the law to commit domestic terrorism. So that's why you see arrests for trespass, assault, right, conspiracy, but but not the big thing called domestic terrorism, even though Chris Ray has said what happened on January 6th meets the legal definition of domestic terrorism. We have no law against it. So it, it, I, I was in the Bureau for 25 years. I know what the rules are for investigating Americans for, for domestic terrorism. And understandably, you've got to stay the heck away from ideology, free speech, right? You've got to wait. You almost have to wait for the violence to occur mm-hmm. or for them to be literally driving to commit the violence before you can actually step in. And until those rules change, I think it can happen again. I did not hear from his testimony how this does not happen again without a rules change. It does feel like that's a really big gap, right? Because I feel like in, it's only in the context of sort of political speech where it becomes confusing. I mean, if you were like, I'm going to go storm into Walmart and force the manager to do, you know, whatever I want the manager to do, and you do that and violence happens, like, I don't I don't know that people would be sort of confused about, um, you know, the incitement to commit acts of violence in that context. In this context, it feels like they're standing back and they're like, well, we, we can't really monitor in the aggressive way we would with someone else because... Because it's political speech and it's like a yeah. part they're they're spewing partisan opinions, but also they're saying hang Mike Pence. I mean, I feel like the threat is very explicit there. So lots of lots of issues here. And, and no one should misunderstand my commitment to First Amendment and constitutional rights. And, and I'm not suggesting that, you know, the FBI spy on everybody. That would be horrible. But if you compare and contrast domestic with international terrorism, yeah. let's just change. Let's just change. the Let's just change the religion and maybe the skin color of those people on January 6th. Let's call them Muslims. And let's say they wanted violent jihad. That January 6th would never have happened. Do you know why? Because the FBI um, is permitted to designate groups, international terror groups. There's a lock against international terrorism. If you're designated a group, you, you get wiretapped. You, you, they send in informants, undercover agents. They would have picked it up. The plans would have been quashed, and it would not have happened. We have nothing analogous on the domestic terrorism side. So imagine you're an FBI analyst in some field office somewhere, and you're supposed to be monitored. You can't monitor. You, you, you know, there's a, there's a million people posting ugly things in your region of responsibility on social media. How do you sift all through that without any change of rules or regulations on social media monitoring? That's a good point. So they're naming these groups in the in the indictment, but they're not able to surveil these groups the way they would like to like they're not they're not able to have informants in the proud boys they're not able to to 
look in at the Oath Keepers and what they're planning next because we don't have these laws? This is so. This is part of the encouraging part of Ray's testimony is that he did say we are looking for ways to develop more human sources. So the good news is now that once you've established that Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, Three Percenters are prone to violence, now you can argue that some of the techniques against international terrorism apply. Now you can say these these groups are violent in and of themselves. And even though we don't have a mechanism to designate them, we believe we can develop human sources here because we, we think they're, they're prone to violence. That's where this cutting-edge um, strategy needs to take place, and some lawyers need to allow that to happen at DOJ and FBI headquarters. So, so as we sit here today, it feels like, you know, both, both Jess and I have been talking about the possibility of another insurrection and the fact that Republicans you know, for that 24 to 48 hours after the first one, we're like, oh, this is serious. We're not sure if we're going to continue supporting Trump, but then quickly change course and continue to go along with the lie that led to the insurrection. Like that pivot feels to me like the catalyst for another one. Why wouldn't they try again? Right. These insurrectionists. Um, Is there is there any way prevent besides having a domestic terrorism law i assume we're not going to have that by august um right i mean and so what in what way what mechanisms do we have at this point i mean is there a way in which politicians can affect this conversation i mean how do we prevent the next insurrection if there isn't there aren't the necessary pieces of um legislation in place to um allow the fbi to investigate the way that you're you're describing so, so you're absolutely right to, to talk about the role of, uh, of GOP leadership and, and the political types here and Trump himself and, and all of his cohorts, because not only do they not renounce what happened on January 6th, but they're downplaying it, right? It was, you know, it was tourism, you know, it was mostly right. peaceful people, you know, it, it's not a big deal. Every time I talk about this on TV, people, wackos send me, you know, people milling, pictures of people just milling about outside the capital. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. So they're downplaying it. They're all in with Trump. They've tied the future of the GOP to him. And this means whether they whether they truly intend this or not, this means that that fringe element out there that will commit violence is in is in, all in on this. They're like they feel like these are the people recruiting us. This I keep making the analogy to international terrorism that you know you can recruit people who are looking for a cause very very easily. And so that has to stop, and there's no, there's no way it's going to stop on the political side. So the FBI has got to get it in gear monitoring social media like never before for signs and indicators that violence is being planned. Um, that's the only way this is going to happen. And, and I think they realize this cannot happen again on their watch. And I, and I hope that they are doing everything they can lawfully to monitor groups and, and organizations because – you know, they'll tell you they can't get that lone offender out there, right? The, the guy sitting on this couch who's planning something, it, it's, a, it's a needle in a haystack in social media right now. But now that we've identified the groups, organizations, and some of the violent leaders, they can start watching them closely. They may be sending informants in, and that alone may be mitigating what could happen in August. And they'll do what's called knock and talks. At, for, and they did, by the way, they did this for, in January 6th. They told us. Publicly, you know, there, there were a couple of dozen people. They went and knocked on doors 
in the days preceding January 6th and said, and said you are, you, you're a subject of investigation. You better not be getting on a plane, train, or car headed to D.C., or that could be the predication for arrest. So you're going to see a lot of knock oh, and wow. talks, in my opinion, prior to August. Is that how they got the Proud Boy? Is that why they found him? In D- is that why they arrested him when he got to D.C.? It was yeah, because he was on whatever story, list right. they had? Yeah, if you oh. just look at news reporting, you'll see, oh, the District of Columbia Metropolitan Police arrested a guy for burning a sign at a church. Oh, that's nice. The real story there? is that the FBI was tracking him, knew that he had entered the District of Columbia, and signaled to the D.C. police to to place him under arrest. That's the true story. And we need that to happen and happen and happen if we're going to prevent another act of terrorism in August or some other time. Wow. Okay, so, so the 500 or so that we have already arrested... Are these the first 500 that were identified via social media or did these people play some sort of a a leadership role in the attack? Were they more involved in the the physical violence against the Capitol Police? Like, was it was it the was it the severity of their crimes or the ability to get them that allowed them to to be arrested? The, The answer is both. So you're seeing you're seeing a wide variety of conduct involved in these from 500 or so charges from everything from literally just trespassing in, into a secure building. Right. So that's very simple. It's going to get disposed of rather quickly. We're already seeing a, a guilty plea or, or two all the way up to senior leadership. For example, a founding lifetime member of the Oath Keepers was was charged with with crimes. And you're those people you're seeing. When there's evidence of coordination, you're seeing conspiracy charges. So it's a wide gamut. There's low-hanging fruit. Some guy posted a selfie of himself and identified himself inside the building. He's getting popped right. for assault. Then you're seeing the. Re- you're also at the same time seeing the results of serious investigation, getting into leadership, command, and control. And those people are getting the heavy hits on conspiracy. And some are flipping. Some are flipping. And that's where I get really interested. What do they have to offer about? knowledge of planning coordination with potential members of Congress or Trump cohorts. Mm-hmm. No, that's deeply exciting. That's the, that's, that's the information that we want. Um, I feel like we read a story a week about these guys, uh, the FBI getting tipped off as to the identity of these guys by an, an unlikely source, like an ex-wife notices him on social media. We had one about a week and a half ago where a dental hygienist overheard the the guy bragging and showing photos on social media in the dentist's office. Is the FBI relying on, on average Americans to step up and do this? Is this, is this something that I keep wanting to ask if this is normal, but absolutely nothing about this is normal. So that's sort of a ridiculous question, but is the FBI relying on, on every, everyday average Americans to pick up the phone and call them and say, yep, I recognize my uncle. This is him. Go get him. The, The answer is this is an unprecedented crowdsourcing of crime solving uh, unprecedented in our in our lifetimes i wrote a i wrote a whole column on this last week at, on msnbc daily people can check it out but you know we in the history of america we've crowdsourced things like wanted posters in the in the old wild west you know they'd stick them on the saloon or the, the post office and you know that's a kind of crowdsourcing right. you know you move up to kind of current day you have amber alerts for missing children crowdsourcing 
But let me tell you, the FBI now is deliberately every day showing pictures and videos to the public saying, please help us. And it is working. Um, a, a huge percentage of these arrests are the result of the public. <clears throat> and sometimes in an organized way, there's, there's groups called sedition hunters out there who spend their days and all spare time. It's become a hobby or even an obsession with many to, to drill down into, the, uh, into online open source data and find who these people are. And it's working, and the FBI is encouraging it. And I have to tell you, it, since our democracy is at stake, it is a all-hands-on-deck um, strategy that's needed here. And the FBI knows that. I can't wait for that that's true crime hobby, documentary. Serena. No, that's going to be the best never true crime docuseries of all time. A possible hobby. Literally, we could have been doing that. See, when you, when you started the right. show this morning and you Screw were like, I haven't accomplished thing. anything. You could have been. You could have, have been hunting insurrectionists. I could have. I could have been a sedition hunter. I could have been a contender. <laughs> that's. Could have been. That's such were. a good. See, Serlina and I. Yeah. Have some... <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, you sedition could... hunter sounds. That's going to be the name of the docu series. Like I'm really excited yeah. for this. Maybe yeah. I should. Yeah, you can actually Is there... see this. Can I join? How do I join? If you look at the charging documents <laughs> that the prosecutors are filing, you'll actually see references to, you know, tip provided by member of the public, you know, or sedition hunter. It's it's pretty cool. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. It is so cool. I wonder if they have t-shirts. <laughs> so fun. T-shirts. So, I, like it. so how, I know. I like branding. Much, <laughs> how much like okay, I'm finding this I'm finding this like half half of what you're saying is quite comforting, half is is the opposite. We have been so caught up in the the falling apart of the bipartisan congressional investigation that it is easy to forget that there is an actual criminal investigation happening. Is is the FBI to get the full accountability without Congress doing Congress's job? The, The answer is clearly yes. But there's always a comma. The comma is, I, I think we need a very public reckoning on something like this. In other words, yes, sure, the FBI can wrap people up, do a heck of an investigation, and, and let's hope, fingers crossed, if they, if, that they're willing and able to take the evidence wherever it goes, including potential um, instigators uh, in Congress who might have had knowledge that violence was planned. Great. But that's happening behind the scenes. And I think... We need something out there in the public realm that's going to wake people up and go, gosh, darn it, we can't escape that, that testimony that, that that person gave. We can't escape that sergeant um, for the Capitol Police saying that, yes, tours were given or schematics were given up. I saw this happening on my camera. You know, I, we, we need that public airing of the evidence that won't come necessarily from a, a sensitive FBI investigation. I agree. It's a. It's it's almost it's it's almost psychological. Like we like most importantly, we need the people who were responsible to be incarcerated for their role in that. But secondarily, maybe secondarily, we need the catharsis. Like we as a nation need to have a conversation with everybody and everybody watching in order to move past this and make sure that it doesn't happen again. It's also a, a de-radicalization really technique. You, you, hear, yes. you hear the term de-radicalization um, right. a lot, and I, I talk about this. 
there, there's a segment of our population that's been radicalized over over the last four years. And we've learned from the international tourism side that de-radicalization, and even even if you talk to people who come out of white supremacy, for example, that this process mm-hmm. they they go through involves repeated exposure to the truth till till something mm. till the light bulb finally goes on, right? Well, that that happens when you air out the evidence and it's clear and you can you can see it. That that doesn't happen with an FBI investigation. Right. Well, right. I'm hopeful. I don't think we talk nearly <laughs> enough about de-radicalization. No, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Faluzzi, thank you so much for yes. um, enlightening us this morning. I'm going to be looking at this completely differently going forward. Please come back and, and yes. help us shed some more light on this soon because we're, we're not getting enough sunlight on this one. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. We need we all need a little more sunshine um, in the form of truth these days. Thank, thanks for having me. And uh, thank you so much for waking up <laughs> so yeah, early indeed. for us. We really appreciate Seriously. it. Um, and it's really, really helpful to have you. Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more news.